This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Samuel Uluwashiun Hazan. Remain blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Thank God for technology, you know. I've been part of the service. I know those who answered questions and those who didn't. I know those who answered partially and those who gave good answers. So, I believe all of us have the manners now. We'll just jump straight to where we've been, you know. The, uh, like we've reminded ourselves, the church as a temple. We are his temple. We are the church. And... Um, I know last week, one of the things I said, I just, you know, somehow each lesson we've had had focused on one central theme. We focused on the church as God's building and the purpose of the building. We focused on God's desire to abide with his people. The whole essence of the church as a temple is that God wants to do what? Dwell with us. And in every age and at every time, every dispensation, he has made that provision. Amen. As we said, uh, God's house is an abiding house. As in, we want to build something enduring. And we define that, that what God wants to do is that, I mean, whatever God does, the Bible says whatever God does is forever. Whatever He's doing in our life should not just be something that comes and then disappears. He, he wants it to stay for the fruit to abide. So if you are saying you are a child of God, He wants you to be a child of God for. To be a child of God forever. Not when things are good or when things are bad. Amen? Yes. He wants us to be abiding. And uh, that can happen when we are built on the cornerstone. We've dwelt so much on the foundation and the cornerstone. It is important that a solid foundation is built in our lives. Amen? Yes. Uh, before the last class we had in our previous venue, we were looking at God's building. The building materials of God's house. And then we started saying things will be tested by fire. Do we remember that? You know, Christians pray lots and say, Holy Ghost. Oh, you don't know that prayer. Oh, you don't pray that prayer. God is actually a consuming fire. That is his nature. So everything that will stand in his presence naturally will experience that fire. Amen? That includes our personal life. That includes whatever it is we say we are doing for God. Amen? Just the same way light is shining on me right now. I think most of the light is shining on me, right? Just imagine that this light is generating a lot of heat. If my body is flammable paper, what will happen? <laughs> you just see me catching smoke. You think it's glory, right? <laughs> That's true. If you put, uh, those of us that have done sciences, if you put, what's that lens called? Convex lens, right? Yes, there are two types of lenses, convex and concave. Uh, scientists, have you done that experiment? When you put the convex lens and put it on paper, what happens? It will burn. Why? Because the energy of the sun is being concentrated at the point. And if that paper is, you know, it's paper, flammable, it will burn. So that is the nature of God's presence. Let's look at... Um, Hebrews, okay, Deuteronomy 4.29. We start from there as we will continue from where we stopped. Deuteronomy 4.29 tells us that God is a consuming fire. The same thing was what Paul reiterated in the book of Hebrews. Amen. Are we there? Deuteronomy 4.29. God is a consuming fire. 
Paul stated it again in Hebrews that we should serve God acceptably and with godly fear because our God is a consuming fire. Uh, but from there you will seek the Lord your God. You will find him if you seek him with all your heart. Is that verse 29? Okay, let me see verse 24. Is it 4? I wrote here that it's like 9 like this. Verse 24. 24. The Lord your God is a consuming fire. He is a jealous God. So it is his nature. Everybody that has seen the glory of God, this is part of the description. You read Ezekiel, you see them, you say fire, down. So anything, when God begins to examine, it's not that he just wants to consume, but it is his nature. It's like somebody that is a good cook, a good chef. You give him food, and the food is not up to par. What will he say? This is not, it's not that he wants to condemn, but by his standard. Amen? He operates, that person operates by a very high standard. So if you are going to impress that person, you must be a good cook yourself. So that is God's nature. Anything that will impress him must meet his standard. His, his nature is fiery. Fiery. His holiness. His purity. His standard is so high that if that thing does not meet his standard, it's not that God likes to condemn, but automatically, whatever it is will be condemned. So that is the nature of God. Thing that goes into the building of his house must meet that standard. So uh, we look at um, well, page four, right? Page four. We've said um, the temple is built in the okay, lively stone. One of the major points we made also is that you know when you are building, you cut stones to size, isn't it? So if you are in a church. And you think you are not fitting in. Where should you start your examination from? Yourself. You go back to where? The query. Let God shape you so that when he brings you back, you can then do what? Fit in. If somebody say, in this church, they don't like me. Everybody is insulting me or harassing me. That means what? You are doing something that is wrong, that is making everybody to point at you. So you go back to God. Because if you are this pillar... The builder wants it to be what? Square, right? And one came and said, no, I have five extra fingers. And I want my fingers to just be where they are, sticking out. What can happen? People sitting close to the pillars. Those things will enjoy you. Or tear Sister Emanuela's fine dress. Is it not? Do you want that? No. So what will the builder do? He will cut those extra fingers. And when he's cutting it, if you're a human being and they're cutting it, what will you do? You react. But that is what God does. So if you are not fitting in, especially where God has positioned you, first place to check is not other people. Start with yourself. Lord, work on me. They are just annoying me. They are just annoying me. What does that mean? You have what? Annoyance inside you. Huh? They are too proud. They are too proud. They are just looking at people and talking to people anyhow. No respect. What does that mean? You have that same pride inside you. They don't care. They don't care. They don't even care. Nobody is calling me. Auntie, when last did you call people? (laughs) Is it not true? Most times people will complain about what it is that they are doing. That's why Jesus said, first, remove the log. That is part of the things. God, we need to let God work upon us. And that God... Uh, the, the proof that you have a relationship with God will be that He is actually working on you what 
personally. Amen? So let's bear that in mind. That was one of the points. So building materials, let's go back to that. We said they are perishable, you know, materials that can withstand, uh, that cannot withstand the fire, they will perish. Materials that withstand the fire are those that are imperishable to be tested. Uh, I think we filled all that. We went to let us see. The temple is built as these stones are continually being produced. We, rem- we, we, we fill that in. Produced and continually placed in proper relationship to each other. Did we fill that in? Oh, we didn't fill that. So, but we stopped that perishable and imperishable, right? Okay, let us see. The temple, that's God's temple, is built as these stones are continually produced and continually placed in proper relationship to each other. We studied it all through this series. Individually, we are God's house, right? And also collectively, we are God's dwelling place. Amen? So, not just you. God is interested in you personally. Some people say, no, it's just me and God. It's just me and God. It's just me. You know, God understands me. Yes, he understands you. But at the same time, he does not want you to exist in isolation. He wants you to be in congregation. One person is not a church. Amen? So that should help us help those who say, no, between me and God, God understands me. So these stones, God wants to bring them in relationship to, other, to one another. We're filling that gap. Yes. So, and there are two processes involved in the building of God's temple and in, the, in you know, getting those lively stones. Number one is multiplication. Multiplication. What does multiplication mean? It means what? It means repeated addition. Very good. You are adding, you are adding on a large scale. Repeated. If it is addition, it's one. Spam. One plus one is one. But if you say one times three, it means one plus one plus one in three places. Repeated. So multiplication, repeated addition. So that speaks of evangelism. God wants the stones in his house to do what? Increase. Amen? God wants a large number. God wants a large family. It is in our generation that people don't want to have more than two, three children, right? You know, when people talk to me, I say, see, where two or three are gathered in his name. The Bible says two. Abi? Or three. Make your choice. I've made my choice. Where two are gathered in his name. He's there in their midst. Amen? But God is the, does not want two. He does not want one billion. He wants... He wants the whole world. What does John 3.16 says? For God so loved the that he gave his only begotten son that uh-huh, whosoever thank you whosoever he didn't say so that when 100 million people believe in him. Did he say that? Did he say when 1 billion people believe in him? Did he say that? He said what? Whosoever Whenever they are born, whenever they will be born, whosoever. So he wants all the whole world. He died for the whole world. So the begin, building of God's house involves what? Multiplication. So there must be a desire, a strong desire for soul winning and increase in the house of God. Amen? Uh, let's see um, Luke 6, 1. All the scriptures there, Acts 9, they spoke of instances where the church increased. In Acts 6. You know, when the number of disciples was multiplied, that's what the Bible used. And it happened, Acts 6, not Luke 6, sorry. Acts 6, 
That was what led to the uh, choosing of the deacons. There was multiplication. All those instances, Acts 7, you will see the word multiplication. In those days when the number of disciples was what? Multiplying. Jesus said, go into all the world. Matthew 28. Go ye into where? All the world. And make disciples of all nations. Unlimited number. So multiplication is an essential part of the building of God's house. So God will help us you know, to fulfill that mandate in Jesus' name. So multiplication, going to our manner, multiplication is what? The gathering of lively stones for the building. The gathering of lively stones. So we must go out and gather lively stones. Even if they don't have life, when they accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will quicken them and they will become lively stones. Amen? We must go out gather lively stones for the building it refers to the work of what evangelism amen number two now this is school of the world where you have comments questions you can raise your hand and we'll beckon on you number two the second part after gathering them then what do you do you gather blocks to build a house isn't it our builders and engineers and real estate agents you you make the blocks right and then what do you do after making the blocks? You start the actual building. Brick upon brick, layer upon layer, you know, binding them with cement and mortar and water. Alone. So the number two point there is the actual edification. Edification. The gap there is edification. Edifice. A house, a building. The actual building process. Let's see Acts 31. Please, media, follow the manual. You see a scripture, you know, I'll just tell you, just be pre- Proactive, yes. Acts 9 at 1. One of those uh, that we spoke about multiplication, yes. Said so then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee. This was after um, Saul had been converted. And then the churches had peace. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were what? Edified. That is the word. They had peace and were edified. They had peace and they were built up. Amen? Amen. So, so ed- edifice means building. Edify means they were what? Built up. Let's see it in the Amplified. Maybe it might help us. They were built up. They were developed. They grew. They increased. Amen? Amen. So edification. Aha. Amen. You see what he said? They, were, they had peace and was edified. That's growing in wisdom, virtue, piety. And working in the respect and reverential fear of the Lord, you know, Growth, edification. You've seen um, edif- um, there's multiplication. At the end of that verse, you see they, they multiplied. So the two processes must go hand in hand. The first is what? The multiplication. You bring in the stones. The second is what? The edification. So growth must take place. So this is what God wants to do with our lives. He doesn't want us to remain on one level. He wants us to develop. He wants us to grow. So as he brings people together, new believers, what is he expecting? That they grow. Amen. So edification is the placing, the arranging, and the putting in order. You see why we said one person does not make a church? Staying in your house and watching online service does not mean that you have attended church. Amen. Amen. Because if you are watching online service, who are you relating with? Who are you relating with? You're saying your gadgets. <laughs> you are not relating with people. 
But the church is composed of people. Amen? Is the phone a child of God? Is your phone born again? Is your phone filled with the Holy Spirit? Huh? No, maybe your phone is filled with the Holy Spirit because it's gospel music that's always coming from it. <laughs> you know, I've told the story before. There was a day we had a, well, departmental party in our office. You know, of course, I gave them the system I was working with to use. And then suddenly I had some strange music. Like, eh, is that coming from my system? They say, I beg, I beg, I beg. Let's finish what we are doing. Because ordinarily you won't find those some songs. You won't find those kind of songs on my system. So some people will say my system was born again. But now that they've made it unborn again. <laughs> no, but it's just garbage. It's, it's a device. Whatever you put on it, yeah, it matters if it is yours. You shouldn't put what is bad on your phone. But it doesn't mean your phone is born again. Yes, we consecrate things to the Lord. It's important also. Consecrate things unto the Lord. It's important. But God is more interested in people. So one person by himself with his phone, online service, you have not gone to church. Amen? So edification is placing. Like you're building a house. You are bringing the blocks together. And this is why church life is important. When people struggle, I'm saying this so that we can help other people. All of us here, I believe, we don't have that problem. If you know people, when people struggle, I've not seen church. <laughs> what should we ask them? Oh boy, are you actually listening to God? You mean of all God's children in this city of Abuja, no one is good enough for you? That's what the person is saying in his essence. That eh, all these pastors, all these pastors say, <laughs> chairman, you mean the blood of Jesus has not worked in anybody's life? That, those are the implications, you know. You should ask people tough questions like that. Because God will place, you know, uh, Psalm 68, yes, verse 6, I think, said, He sets the solitary in what? Families. Being, it is never God's plan for anybody to be by himself. Naturally and even spiritually. He sets the solitary. Amen. Okay? So, the Word of God acts... Yes, thank you, media team. Proactive. Thank you. This is Paul speaking. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to what? Are we reading together? I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. I will try not to talk about inheritance so that we will not start preaching. But building. What did he say will build you up? What will build you up? The word of his grace. What will bring you into your inheritance? What will bring you into your inheritance? It's still the same word. Say the word of God is able to build you up. To mature you. To develop you. And then to bring you into your inheritance. Into your destiny. Into your purpose. Amen? It is the word of God that builds. Amen? I've seen people that say, ah, I just wish we should just come to church and worship and worship and worship. It is good. Oh, you feel like that sometimes. But you see, if we do worship alone, people will not grow. We'll only be emotional. In fact, you can have the move of the spirit, but over time, corruption and degradation will set in. Go through church histories. Some of the traditional churches in Nigeria, the white garment churches, had the move of the spirit. 
But what was missing in many of them was that the, 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 the focus on the word of God was minimal. And over time, corruption set in. But thank God that many of them are recovering and there are some of their branches that are strong in the word and strong in the spirit. Amen? What builds us up is what? The word of God. It's not even prayer. Prayer is good. If you pray and you don't have the word, you'll still be deficient. That's why, you know, some of the people that pray the most, they can be the most unforgiving. Have you met people like that? Huh? They are prayer warriors. But if you offend them, they will pray for you. <laughs> Honestly, you don't, you don't want to hear the prayer, they will pray for you. Ah, I've told you one story before. At the car park, a man bought something from a girl many years ago, you know. And it's like, this donut is bad. I say, oh God, but you don't eat them now. No feature. You will not give me my 100 naira or 200 naira. You don't give me I will go and fast and pray because I say, Abba. <laughs> you go and pray on a small girl because of how much. Those are people that pray but don't know the word. Of God that builds us up. Amen. Huh. Let me just pick number two and then we stop. There was something I wrote about the word of God. Maybe next week we'll treat it. Because several people are teaching things. Maybe we'll just do that then. We'll continue next week. Let me just do that. Several people might say they are teaching the word of God. But in actual fact, what they are teaching is the philosophy of men. You read Philippians 2. Paul said it. Don't let any man spoil you through what? Philosophy. The challenge is that some people don't even read the Bible. So when somebody is giving you mere human philosophy, you can't tell the difference. What we reveal it is that when, you know, when we started this, we looked at the uh, wise builder, Matthew 7. The person that's building on the rock, that's on the word of God, and the person that's building on human philosophy on sand. Everybody will face tests, the test of life. That's the one that is the flawed. You will face tests of human relationship, wind. Even God will permit some tests to come. Rain. Amen? Where a life has been built on human philosophy, there will be catastrophe. Those are the people that, you know, when they are faced, like the concept that, as me, I know, go suffer. People have said, no, of course, God does not want us to suffer. But being a child of God does not mean that we will not face challenges and difficulties at some point in life. But if you have been taught that, ah, once you give your life to Jesus Christ, it is bread and butter, milk and honey is flowing 24-7, all your troubles are over. The day trouble will come, such people will deny Jesus Christ. Because they've been taught something that is not entirely true. So, the quality of building material. So, some things are human philosophy. Colossians 2.8, Ephesians 4.14, note that then even where people are teaching the word of God, there are factors that can affect the purity of what is taught. I'll just list them. Um, Proverbs 36, let's just read that scripture. It is important that we don't add to God's words because there are things people have added to the word of God. I'm saying this because among us here will be leaders over people, home cell leaders, in your workplace, there will be people God will bring under your care for you to disciple them god will bring people for you to disciple now take note of this and that is why over time we've gone through 
study of the scriptures, how to study the scriptures, how to interpret the scriptures. Do you remember that? We did that last year. Was it last year or the year before? All those manuals that you were given, please go back and revise them. Because if you don't interpret the scripture correctly, what can happen? You can delete from God's word or you add to it. Proverbs 30 verse 6, what does it say? It says, do not add to his words. Lest he do what? Rebuke you and you be found a liar. This same thing is uh, stated in Deuteronomy 4.2. Don't add to God's word. But let's see the one in Revelation 22. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. Or when he gave the revelation to uh, Apostle John. So that we are careful how we handle the word of God. As teachers, sometimes we have opinion. And sometimes we want to justify your opinion. You have to be careful that you don't use scripture to justify your own position. Revelations 22:18. Are we there? He said, "If you add, I testify to everyone who hears the word of the prophecy of this book, talking about the revelation, and then this applies to the scripture in, in total. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Nobody wants that." So we should be careful how we handle the word of God. Verse 19 says, If anyone takes away from the word of this book, God will take away his part from the book of life. Some preachers don't know this. That's why Peter also said, Not many should claim to be teachers because you will face stricter judgment. So how we handle the word of God matters. Please don't make the word of God say what you want it to say. Because that's what people are doing. So it is important that we maintain the purity of the word. This is one of the things that will help people stand strong then um rightly dividing the word of truth is also key pray for understanding uh paul told timothy second timothy 2 15 said be a workman that needs not be ashamed study to show yourself second timothy 2 15 can put it on it says study to show yourself approved a workman that needs not to be ashamed that is what rightly dividing the word of truth leaders take notes rightly dividing Rightly explaining. You will see in the case of uh, Apollos. Acts 20. Uh, is it Acts 20 or where now? Acts 18. He was eloquent. But a couple that were not even pastors. Well, they were ministers. They still called him. The Bible said they called him and explained more accurately unto him. So sometimes people might run out of ignorance. But let's make sure we study Another thing that will help in the ministry of the world to help people stay grounded. We've talked about this, Acts 20, 20, this same place where Paul was talking. Acts 20, where we read, he mentioned the full counsel of God in like three verses. If all you know about God is prosperity, then you have people who have prosperity without character. Amen? If all you know about God is holiness... You have holy people who don't know how to receive healing. Amen? If all you know is service, you have people who are serving and they don't know how to manage their family. Husband and wife are serving God diligently in church, but they are fighting each other at home. Why? They've not been taught the full counsel. So, the scripture applies to every area of our life. Amen? At this age, at these times, nobody 
I mean, if you hear your friend, when you, if you are talking to a friend, and the friend is saying, hey, please, 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 leave the Bible out of this. Ah, if you are single, you are in a relationship, and that's the person you are thinking of marrying, and the person is saying, leave the Bible out of this. Let's discuss practically. Two things that you should do. Number one, talk to your leaders and report the situation. And then invite the person for counseling. If the person will not hear, do number two. What is number two? Eh? Run, run, run. There is fire on the mountain. <laughs> Nobody should say, leave the Bible out of this. Paul was telling, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, he said, all scripture is profitable for what? Correction, for rebuke, for all scripture. It touches every area of life. So if you have anybody that is saying, please, leave the Bible out of this, let's discuss. That person should not be your close friend because if you are in a situation, it will give you advice that is not scriptural. If you are engaged to such a person, <laughs> pray, seek counseling, if that person will still say, leave the Bible out of this, run for your dear life. It is actually your life. Run. Amen. These are the things we should note handling the word of God. Because if the word of people, two people can speak the word, it can produce different results based on the interpretation that is given to it, based on the purity of the word, based on the fullness of the counsel, based on whether it is a word in season. It says like apples of gold in silver setting is a word fitly spoken or a word in season. How does words in season come? We must depend on the Holy Spirit. We must depend on the Holy Spirit. You can know scripture. You, can, you might be able to quote scripture. But the Holy Spirit might not decide to walk through the scripture you know. Or all the scriptures you know. He just wants one. How do you determine that one? You pray and let God guide you. One of the advice I really received early in marriage was not to use scripture to flog my wife. You know? <laughs> I remember Pastor Fumi telling me, come, we know you. Don't use scripture to wound her. Because if she does this, you know, if you look at the Bible, that's not what... <laughs> but that's me because I train myself to make sure that everything I do is guided by scripture. But I've learned, I don't quote scripture to correct my wife again. Even though we still discuss scripture, scripture, ask her, I don't you know. We talk, we talk scripturally. But in the days where you just bam, bam, bam. So it won't produce any result. But the point I'm making is this. A word in season. Huh? Let's learn to depend on the Holy Spirit. Because that's when he can give you a simple scripture. You just say it to one person. It may be the simplest of the scriptures that you know. But I'm telling you, if it is backed by the power of the Holy Spirit, it will, be, it will produce results that you won't even imagine. You have a question or a comment? Okay. Wow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I don't really understand um, this part that you said. I have a question. Like, yeah. You said the temple will have to stand the test of fire. Fire, yes. Yeah. You know, we said God is a consuming fire. What tests everything is God's standard. Like, okay, you are a chef. I know you are a chef, right? And if somebody brings food to you, which standard will you use to judge it? Your own standard. Ah, is this small chops as good as mine? That's the first thing that will be in your mind. She does small chops. Please patronize her business. 
so that she can give me commission. <laughs> yes, now. So, you will first, every small chops you see, when you taste it, unconsciously, you're like, is it as good as the one I make? If it is not, you just, you just discard it. But if it is as good, say, okay, she tried. If it is better, in your mind, you're like, hmm, another flavor. You will start, what did they do, what did they do, what did they do? So that it will help you grow. You are judging by standard that you have already established in your own culinary practice. God is holy. God is a consuming fire. Why do you think everybody, all through scriptures, when God appears, they say they fall down as dead. They will say, depart from me, I am unclean. Because the holiness of God, the purity of God, his majesty is what examines everything. So if there is any impurity, it will be consumed. So the temple, our lives, we are his temple. Anything about us that does not conform to his holiness, anything about us that does not conform to his righteousness, when we stand before his throne, all such things will be burnt away. If he has asked you to do an assignment, a job, a project, a ministry, if you don't do it according to the way he has commanded, you will not get any reward. That's what it means. So, even uh, your life, your business, your career, your family, everything about us will be examined in the light of his holiness. So that's why we must learn to apply the word of God to every situation. Amen? To our relationships, everything we do. You still want to make a comment or is it clear? Um, I also want to add that the challenges we go through also, they are like fire. The Lord Jesus said, um, Matthew 10, he said to us that if you, if, um, if, you, if you love your life more than me, you are not worthy of me. He said if you are looking for how to get ahead apart from me, you will, you will not find yourself, you will not find me. But if you look for what I want, you will find me, you will, you will also be settled in your life. So at times we go through challenges because the Bible says concerning the children of Israel that they, the Lord took them through a longer route. They went through challenges also to test their allegiance to God, to test if, if like Pastor Sean said, some people are... Um, Christians when things are good when things are not good they want to deny Jesus but the Lord said to us that the rain will come the wind will come the flood will come and we come also to a believer in Christ Jesus not because you are in sin so some of these things come like Job was tested there was no problem with him he wasn't in sin okay but he prunes us the Bible says that when he goes through fire he becomes better but when paper or wood goes through fire, what happens? It becomes... So at times, the things we go through also, we make you know, am I going to stand for Christ? Leah Shuaibu is still in custody, right? In Abim? They've not released her. If she did not have a... You know, for us, before you even go through challenges, and at times, all of these small, small things that we go through help to secure us in Christ Jesus. So that when the going gets tough... You don't back out and say, I'm not going through, I'm not following through with Jesus again. Because it's in this world, of, this part of the world that we even enjoy some things. People in China, people in, people, even, um, you know, places that are more north or northern than Abuja. You know, Abuja is not really north. Amen. When you go to Meduguri, the, that's why Christians in all of those parts of Nigeria, they are 
better Christians there, stronger Christians there. They are not chewing gum and butter Christians. Why? Because of the challenges they go through. So that's also a test of fire. And these things come to help us, to build us up and not to damage us. Amen. So, uh, okay, quickly. Okay, uh, I just wanted uh, like a form of clarification. Yes. Uh, in line with when you were saying somebody should say, okay, maybe leave scripture out of this. What of a case where somebody also have a response in scripture for everything? Let me give a perspective. Like a minister of God being asked about, okay, wearing of hearing, plating of hair, and then uh, you're saying is in the scripture. When... Uh, the children of Israel, when they didn't see Moses, uh, Moses they said, <laughs> remove all your jewelries from your sons and your daughters. Mm. That the sons were wearing, they were using jewelry, they were wearing earrings. So there's really nothing bad in uh, wearing of hearing oh, and all mm. of those things. So I want to say that, what do we say to that? Where somebody also has a scripture to back up right. whatever thing. When okay. we're also saying that, okay, don't say, okay, let's leave scripture out of this. Mm. Like a balance. Yes, you know, that's why I said things that affect the ministry of the word. Maybe I rushed through it. I rushed through it. I mentioned the purity of the word, accurately handling the word. Accurately handling. That's why Paul said, study. Second Timothy 2.15. When it says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. In the old King James, it says, study. Study does not mean that you read. It means you have gone through the length and breadth of scriptures. And then, like we said, there are principles of interpretation. These things have been, number one, the Bible was written thousands of years ago. The language gap, cultural gap, all those gaps, historical gaps, geographical gaps. You need to take some of those things into consideration. Then understand, if you understand, I don't want to get into dispensations again, that we live in. You need to put all this together by the help of the Holy Spirit to accurately, you know, explain or capture the mind of God concerning that scripture. If they say the children of Israel were wearing that, where were they coming out from? Egypt. They were coming out from Egypt. Now, you know, in, in some of those cases, you know, simple, like we've said it before, if you are living a life that is consecrated to God, see, ordinarily, some things will just fall off you. Yes, people can use scripture to justify anything, but it does not mean it is correct. That's why I stated all those things. Number one, the purity of the word of God is important. The full counsel, understanding the scriptures. One of the things people will say, suffer not a witch to live. So some people, everybody fall down. But does God want the death of a sinner? First thing he wants from a sinner is what? Repentance. And if they will not repent, it is not in your place for you to kill anybody. You say vengeance is what? So understanding scripture is key. If you don't know, people can use anything to justify anything. But if you are led by this... Now, you may not even know so much, but if you have a, a heart that is willing to know... Jesus said it, that if anyone is willing to know, you shall know of the commandment whether it is true or not. I think that's John 8. If you have a heart that is sincere with God... Even if you don't have all knowledge, it's like somebody brought food that is spoiled to you by just smelling it. You don't have to taste it. By just smelling it, you say, mm, yeah, something doesn't feel right. The Spirit of God in you will let you know that this thing is not correct. Amen?
Next week, maybe we'll start from here, looking at the Word of God, and God helping us, we'll finish. Final answer, I mean, final question. Okay, I just want to add, I, I now understand the, the, the question I asked, mm-hmm. but I want to also add, can we say that that fire in that place, because some, some, so, so many times the Bible speaks in parables, so can, can we say that it signifies the Word of God? Like yes, the standard, God's word is the standard, standard for everything, yeah. yes. Because Luke, Luke uh, 12, 49 says, I have come to bring fire on the earth. And that is Jesus speaking. Mm. And how I wish it already well, came kindled. So if you look at the fire, it is his word. It's not a physical fire that Jesus brought. So weighing it, There will be physical fire, I hope you know. <laughs> you know, God's word is both symbolic and literal. Jesus will bring physical fire. Everything on this earth will be renovated by fire. That is scripture. Okay, but we are so, sure. But that, you know, that's why I said I wish it was already kindled. Because it's corruption and sin that it was seen. Okay, we are still on earth. So if the church was to be tested, it should be tested of the word of God. Yeah. So for, for those who accept it, it refines. Because yes. fire is to refine. Yes. For those that, um, that, will, not that accept, will not accept it, it, it condemns him. It condemns and consumes. Amen. Lord, we just ask you for openness of heart and sincerity of heart. We ask that we will love you truly and follow you with all sincerity. We ask, O oh God, that there will be no hardness of our hearts. We will not fall into deception, justifying ourselves by what we think is right. But we will be open to your Holy Spirit always so that we can be led into all truth. Our desire, O oh God, is that when you test us, we will come forth as gold, representing fully your divine nature, expressing your glory on the earth. Let it be true in all aspects of our lives, O oh God, in our personal lives, in our families, in our careers, in our businesses, in our finances, in everything about us, O oh God. Help us that we will live up to your standard and glorify your name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.